Good morning and welcome once again to In Focus. I'm John Sims and joining us this morning is Rebecca Smith with Next Step Community Solutions. Good morning, Rebecca. Great to have you with us. Thank you. Glad to be here. Don't forget In Focus is available online. Just go to ktbb.com slash In Focus. In Focus is uploaded to our website early in the morning, the day after the show airs. Rebecca, Next Step Community Solutions used to be known as the Sister Communities Council on Alcohol and Drug Abuse, and your focus is to end un underage substance abuse in East Texas. You do this mainly through what are known as coalitions, and your official title is Coalition Coordinator for the Piney Woods Substance Abuse Coalition. We'll explain more about how all that works as we move through the show. Let's just kind of backtrack a tad bit here, though, and talk a little bit about Next Step Community Solutions, a little bit more about what it is, how it all got started, and really what you're trying to do, and just maybe a little bit more detail than I did a minute ago. All right. So um, Next Step Community Solutions has been around for about 30 years. Um, we have always focused on drug abuse, and now we've expanded. Um, we focus on preventing drug abuse through the coalitions, but we also have a counseling program and a youth mental health first aid training. Um, so we really focus on um, what are the ways that we can educate people, that we can train them to make the overall community better as a whole. All right, and it's interesting you put it in those terms just now because you have four pillars, and these are mentioned on your website, which, by the way, is nextstepcommunitysolutions.com, training, education, mentoring, and counseling. Now, your focus, of course, is on these coalitions, and we'll talk a little bit more about how those work in a minute. You have three coalitions that cover 13 counties in a very wide area. Your office is in Tyler in the Austin Bank Building at 305 South Broadway. Phone number, by the way, is 903-939-9010. But you cover 13 counties all the way up to uh, the Texarkana area. Yes, so uh, a very um, wide geographic range that you cover. One of the things that I want to hit uh, early in the game here, and uh, we've had both of these two agencies, you and um, the uh, East Texas Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse, also known as ETCADA, they've been on our show and on our newscasts numerous times over the years, and you work closely together, but you have slightly different missions. Tell us about um, a little bit about what ETCADA does and how it differs from what you do, and yet how you do work closely with them to coordinate your efforts. Right. So we, our coalitions focus on the front line of drug abuse prevention. So we look at the community as a whole, what are the risk factors in the community for substance abuse, and how can the community come together at the table and address those issues. ECADA focuses on um, whenever someone gets further down the journey, if they have a problem with substance abuse, um, they focus on screening them for that treatment so they know what is mm -hmm. the best option for them. And then they do have treatment programs and support groups. So our our organization focuses solely on prevention, whereas they uh, tackle more of the treatment side. Okay, that pretty much puts it for me, at least in a clear nutshell. They do a little bit of coalition work, but you're the uh, agency that really focuses on these coalitions. Right. And, um some of their coalitions operate in some of the counties that you cover, but mm -hmm. you uh, work, again, I understand you work closely with them to make sure that there's no uh, duplication of effort or conflict or right. anything along well, those lines. Well, there's certainly a lot of work to go around. Okay. <laughs> well, that's very important, and it's not a new topic, but for that reason, interestingly enough, it always bear, it, 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 it's always a good time to bring it up again because it never seems to go away, and it, it evolves over time. For example, what we're hearing lately about opioids. 
I can imagine that you all, uh, you and Ed Cotta both have your hands full. So let's move on and talk a little bit about the main thing that you do. And you do several things, but uh, the coalitions, how do the coalitions work? You are the coordinator of the Piney Woods Substance Abuse Coalition, which covers Smith, uh, okay, excuse me, which covers Marion, Harrison, and Gregg counties. Other coalitions cover other counties in the area, but uh, basically back, back uh, back to square one. How do the coalitions work? So we bring people around the table and we say, what are the risk factors in our community? How can we address those? So the ones that we're working on right now are teens in this area have a low perception of harm of substances. They think, oh, these aren't dangerous. I can drink or I can use marijuana and it's not going to harm me. Um, And even we do have a low perception of harm with parents as well. Um, And we do try to educate parents because that's the number one uh, influence on a teen's decision to use or not, um, whether it's drinking or marijuana. So we work with schools and hold parent education nights. Um, We do student presentations. And another risk factor that we're addressing right now is just simply access. Do students have access to alcohol? Do they have access to prescription drugs? And how can we limit that access? Um, So we talk with parents about monitoring the alcohol they have at home. And we talk with parents and with grandparents and just people in the community about making sure that their medications are locked up. And if they no longer need those medications that they're properly disposing of them at one of the prescription drug drop boxes that we um, are installing with law enforcement across the uh, region. Okay, talking to Rebecca Smith, the coalition coordinator for the Piney Woods Substance Abuse Coalition under the auspices of Next Step Community Solutions, which is the agency that we're covering today in as broad a fashion as we possibly can. A coalition, that can mean any number of things. Maybe if we go back to the beginning and start and talk a little bit about how the coalitions were formed and what you were seeking to, you've already talked about what you were seeking to accomplish through the coalitions, but uh, the mechanics of how a coalition is formed, how it operates, and why you think this is a good strategy. Well, uh, so if we look at the history of prevention, it used to be, you know, just say no, Mm -hmm. go into schools and educate kids and, and talk about, you know, drugs are bad just say no. Now that we've had decades and decades of doing this work in prevention, we know that um, whenever a teen gets involved in a substance, it may not be an issue of they're just bored and want to have fun. Um, There are a lot of risk factors. I talked about access and perception of harm, but there's also things called adverse childhood experiences. Um, Even when I do presentations to teenagers, they know that a lot of times whenever a kid gets involved in substances, it's because they have something that's traumatic that they're trying to forget and they're trying to numb some kind of pain. Um, So we look at lots of issues across um, the region as far as what are the risk factors. And so we bring different members of the community together. We work with law enforcement, we work with schools, we work with just concerned parents. We also work with youth and we say, what do you think is gonna be the best way to reach the students in this community? Because they know the community. They live there, they work there, they know what's going to reach out to their peers and to their youth better than somebody who's just mandating it from Mm -hmm. higher up. I understand. Besides shows like this, and again, we've done a number with you over the years, just as one example, um, how do you get the word out? How do you let people know that you're looking for them to be a part of this coalition? 
Well, we have Facebook pages, um, and we also do interviews like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, our coalition members, we rely on them really to spread word of mouth. And um, these topics actually come up a lot in conversation. So we've had coalition members join just because another member said, hey, we were talking about this, and I'm interested too, and I want to find out how I can help. So you want people like uh, law enforcement, you want school teachers, you want community leaders, but you really want just anybody who's interested in this issue and who wants to have a hands-on experience of really getting involved with helping to solve the substance abuse problem sounds like that's really what it comes down to right and it's such a widespread problem um and i didn't i've been doing this work for four years and before i started doing this work i wasn't aware how big of an issue it was um the substance abuse and mental health administration says by 2020 it will surpass physical disabilities as a, the number one cause uh, uh-huh. of disability uh-huh the coalition's focus on underage drinking prescription drug abuse especially opioids there's a term that's not going to be going away anytime soon marijuana and synthetic marijuana known as k2 or spice and you do have three coalitions let's go ahead and run down the three coalitions and just tell which counties each of those coalitions covers sure so uh, my coalition the piney Woods substance abuse coalition covers greg harrison and marion counties um, the east texas substance abuse coalition covers smith rusk Cherokee, Van Zant, and Henderson counties. And the Northeast Texas Coalition Against Substance Abuse covers the northernmost counties, um, and that is Franklin, Cass, Bowie, Titus, and Morris counties. All righty. The facts about substance abuse. You've already touched on this a little bit. Let's go deeper. By 2020, we understand that mental and substance abuse disorders will surpass all physical diseases as a major cause of disability worldwide. And that comes from a reliable source, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. That's right. Especially um, that's something that we're seeing with opioid addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, Whenever this started, it was just a perfect storm of issues. You had it being marketed by pharmaceutical companies as non-addictive. Then doctors were also Mm -hmm. being being encouraged to uh, prescribe and treat pain more seriously. Um, So now there's just so many pills out there that uh, there's more pills than there are people in a lot of places in the country. so it's, it's something that there's a, a wide availability of these pills, and they're so similar to heroin that now we're seeing a lot of people, mm-hmm. they get addicted to these prescription drugs, and then they're so much more likely to turn to heroin. It, it's cheaper on the street, and sometimes it's easier to even access. Yes, we've heard this before. We had an In Focus show a few months ago on this very topic, as a matter of fact. So for me, this is familiar turf, and I think for a lot of people, there's a lot of awareness, but still a lot of work to be done, needless to say. Now, underage drinking kills more teens than all the other illicit drugs combined according to your statistics that's about 4500 annually mm-hmm. and i take it that's a nationwide figure yes, that's nationwide. and uh, it used to be you had drug abuse and alcohol abuse and the last few years we've just kind of lumped it all together into substance abuse and drinking obviously a very important part of uh, what you're trying to address yeah it is so dangerous and it's even dangerous if you don't get behind the wheel um, when you look at the causes of death that are alcohol related with kids who are under 21, only about a third of them are car accidents. And the two thirds is homicide and suicide. Then you have other issues like alcohol poisoning, just falls. Um, You know, your coordination is not great when you've been drinking. So people just fall off of balconies, Um, then drownings and fatal burns and lots of other issues that um, alcohol causes. But 
you know, because it's not the prime suspect, a lot of times people don't don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, on In Focus this morning, I'm John Sims talking to Rebecca Smith, Coalition Coordinator for the Piney Woods Substance Abuse Coalition of our topic today, Next Step Community Solutions, located in the Austin Bank Building in downtown Tyler, 305 South Broadway. Uh, website is nextstepcommunitysolutions.com. Make sure and check the social media on that page as well because a lot of information gets exchanged on there. And the number is 903-939-9010. Getting back to the topic at hand, only about a third of alcohol-related deaths among minors are car crashes. Of course, we just covered that a minute ago. Um, suicide, homicide, alcohol poisonings, drownings, falls, and fires. I don't think we can emphasize that too much. Now, here's another one. A teen who starts drinking before age 15 is... Is this right? Seven times more likely to be alcohol dependent later in life? That's right. You know, a lot of times when I talk to parents, they say, oh, well, look at Europe. Europe has a lower drinking age, and they seem to be doing fine. Well, Europe actually has a a lot more issues with alcoholism later in life because kids are drinking earlier. Um, And we know that those two things are linked. And um, unfortunately, the average age of drinking uh, whenever teens start drinking is 13 in Texas. Mm -hmm. So it's a little lower than the national average. National average is 16. Um, So we have a lot of education to do um, just to deter that drinking until later in life can prevent so many problems for kids down the line. All right. And substances affect a teenage brain much more dramatically than an adult brain. We uh, get into those teenage years. So many of us want to think we're all grown up and we're not, are we? Not at all. No, not at all. And um, that's also true for marijuana. Um, There's there's such a debate around the country right now about, you know, legalization or whether or not to legalize. And we know that um, whether or not it's legalized, we want to prevent kids from using it because it can impact a teenage brain so much more dramatically. If a teenage, if a teenager uses recreationally, it's actually been shown to decrease their IQ by about eight to 10 points. Mm-hmm. Teens who drink have trouble remembering or learning new things. According to your stats, they're five times more likely to drop out of high school. That's right. And teens who smoke marijuana can lose eight to 10 IQ points. Who'd have thunk it? But <laughs> that's what the statistics say. Yeah, well, their brain is still developing, so mm-hmm. it's, it's vulnerable. Yeah. To those substances. Now at the college level, and you are working. We've talked. We're talking about youth substance abuse here, and that goes from middle school all the way up into college, up until a student presumably reaches the legal drinking age. Mm-hmm. Um, anything below middle school? Do you do anything in the elementary schools, or do you really just kind of get going in middle school? Right now, we're getting just in middle school. Okay, because uh, I've heard many times a lot of issues, whether it's substance abuse or anything. Uh, where kids become really vulnerable during their teenage years. A lot of times, the earlier you start, the better. But for now, just really kind of getting going in middle school. Although we do encourage parents to talk to their kids about drugs and alcohol early. Mm -hmm. American Academy of Pediatrics recommends starting as early as nine years old. Mm -hmm. So that is something that parents need to be talking about younger and younger because they see these ads. They start forming opinions as early as nine. Mm -hmm. Now, at the college level, two-thirds of the victims of sexual assault, again, according to the national statistics, said they had been drinking heavily prior to their assault. Sad tale that I'm pretty sure I've heard many times before. And it doesn't mean it's the victim's fault. It's just more likely someone who's drinking will be taken advantage of. Yeah, that's right. We're seeing this issue across the country at at colleges. And so whenever I do presentations to students, I I do remind them of the fact that you're going to be vulnerable if you've been drinking, especially if you've been binge drinking. And a lot of times... college students don't even know what the definition of binge drinking is and they don't realize that if you get four or five drinks in your judgment is going to be heavily heavily impaired Um, and 
that's when you get a lot of the negative consequences like sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Now, we just briefly discussed the opioid crisis a few minutes ago. Uh, was there anything you wanted to say to expound on that? We know it's now one of the worst public health crises in history. And uh, you told us earlier that it started when uh, doctors uh, began to take pain more seriously. Drug companies marketing the drugs as non-addictive was uh, one of the big problems that got the whole thing going. What are we looking at right now in East Texas as far as that opioid crisis is concerned? Well, unfortunately, um, so we know from what's called the Regional Needs Assessment, um, and that is a study of the entire East Texas region. It's about 23 counties. It's done every year, and data is collected um, from different agencies that research drug abuse and other issues like mental health and suicide. So we know from these surveys that uh, teens in East Texas say that they abuse opioids more than teens in other parts of the state. So we really want to get the education out there and make sure that people are disposing of their prescription drugs because whenever teens do abuse prescription drugs, they say that they get them from friends and family. Mm -hmm. Um, And typically it's from uh, leftover from a medicine cabinet. Okay. But again, uh, and we'll get to this in a little bit again, probably repeat it later in the show. There are different ways of um, disposing of drugs. You tell us that you uh, prescription drugs. There are uh, take back days around the country, actually. I think there's a national take back day. I want to say it's maybe a couple of times a year. And we get information about this from the law enforcement agencies. They'll set up in a parking lot somewhere and they will take back those drugs on that particular day. But there are also drop-off points that you've helped establish with local law enforcement agencies? Yeah, we have about, uh, I think last count we had 17 boxes across our 13-county region. And uh, we have two in Tyler. There's one at the downtown Smith uh, Smith County Sheriff's Office and then one at the Emergency Operations Center on two four, Loop 248. And um, that one is 24-7, so people can just um, walk in, no questions asked, drop up their prescription drugs and be on their way and know that they uh, did something to help out the community and keep this out of the wrong hands. We recently got a news story uh, in news release form from the Marshall Police Department. They set one up and they did that in collaboration with you. Um, Other communities, can you tell us maybe where some of the others are located, possibly in Longview or some of the other communities? Yeah, there is the one at the Longview Police Department, and I believe there's one at the Walgreens one of the Walgreens in Longview, and that will be on the East Texas RX website. We have all those locations listed. And there's also one in Cass County um, at the Sheriff's Office and Morris County Sheriff's Office. So I would love to see one in in every community, and and we're working towards that goal. Okay. Speaking of working towards your goals, we've talked about the coalition, the basic concept of the coalition, some of the problems we're facing. Now we kind of move into the meat of the program, the strategies the coalition has to address the problem. Just what are these coalitions? coalition and the others doing on a day-in day-out basis so we do the parent education um, which I talked about is just encouraging parents to talk to their kids especially about underage drinking um, even if they're not getting behind the wheel because we know that uh, it harms their brain development and it can lead to a host of other problems later in life and um, just accidents that uh, teens can get involved in that we talked about earlier so we talk, tell parents you know talk to them they listen to you more than you think that they do and set clear boundaries with them and talk early and often make it a casual conversation you know say you see an ad on tv say hey what do you, what do you think about that well you know here are actually some consequences of alcohol and i don't want you drinking until you're 21 and uh, because i care about you mm-hmm. 
Uh, another campaign that we've been working on is our sticker shot campaign, and that's also targeted at adults to discourage providing alcohol to minors. So we work with alcohol retailers across our 13-county uh, region and, and put up stickers on the coolers that remind people that providing to a minor is illegal and that you can uh, spend up to a year in jail and be charged up to $4,000 for that. Mm. And um, so, you know, hopefully people, when they are going to get alcohol for a party, they'll see that sticker and think twice about um, hosting for minors. And the other sticker campaign that we're working on is partnering with restaurants around the Super Bowl because there are a lot of ads on TV that are alcohol-related, so teens see those and are influenced by those, we know from the research. So these stickers um, are on to-go bags, and they say mealtime is a great time to talk to your kids about underage drinking because that conversation with your parents is so important for a teen when they're making those decisions about drinking. All righty. Visiting with Rebecca Smith from Next Step Community Solutions, headquartered at 305 South Broadway in Tyler, but serving 13 counties around East Texas, headquarters in the Austin Bank Building, talking youth substance abuse here 903-939-9010 is the phone number and you can get a lot more information which is certainly helpful to me and i guess to both of us this morning rebecca from the website nextstepcommunitysolutions.com and plenty of social media activity i guess facebook is your main social medium if you will for getting the word to people we're on facebook and and we announce our uh, dates and times for our monthly meetings on Facebook, but mm-hmm. we're also uh, next step is also on Twitter as well. So if you're a tweeter, look us up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Monthly meetings. I was going to get around to that. And uh, is that how it basically works? Do does each coalition have monthly meetings where people just make plans and talk about the risk factors in their individual co- uh, communities and their strategies yeah. and just the things that they're going to be doing between that meeting and the next monthly meeting? <laughs> yeah. So we we talk about our strategies. We talk about what the next step are. Um, we talk about how our communities are unique and what are the risk factors in our communities and just you know figure out how we're gonna tackle this elephant-sized problem one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. And you say one bite at a time. Obviously, it's a nationwide problem, certainly a big problem here in East Texas, but within each coalition coverage area and within each community, the problem is going to be a little bit different. And I guess that's really why you decided to go with this model, to narrow it down and to keep it really as one-on-one as you possibly can. Right. So that's what I love about this new coalition model, um, is it's just so unique to each community. What works in one community isn't going to necessarily work in another community, and mm-hmm. the community members know where the problems are. One of my, I was at a training, and one of my favorite stories about a unique way that a coalition can handle a problem is the members of the coalition knew where the kids were going to drink. Um, it was at a golf course, and so they thought, okay, well, how can we, you know, keep them from going there to drink? Well, they just changed the sprinkler schedule. So those kids wouldn't go to that golf course at that time and drink. Ah. So that was something that came out of the uniqueness of that coalition model because they knew that community. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit earlier about, I think maybe a couple of times, about getting rid of expired prescription drugs. We talked about the drug disposal boxes and the national take-back days. I don't know if we mentioned the prescription drug disposal pouches, and tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, those are great. That that was actually funded by a uh, the Texas Targeted Opioid Response Grant, um, because uh, Texas is seeing so much of this issue, and, and they have given the coalitions money to address it. So we were able to purchase many of these pouches and a great way that we found to work with them is we partner with hospices and give them to the hospices to give to families because a lot of times when a family member passes away the family members are left with 
lots and lots of end-of-life drugs, which can be powerful and dangerous, mm. and, and they want to dispose of them in many ways. They just don't know how. Um, so we've equipped these nurses with these bags so that people can dispose of them safely. And, and you know, if they don't happen to have a pouch, they can also go to those prescription drug drugs boxes that I mentioned. Now let's talk about something that you call the social norms campaign. That's interesting and it's done on the middle school, high school, and college levels. Yeah, that's right. So we work with students and um, explain to them that you know, most students think that everybody else is drinking. Well, when we actually look at the data uh, at the middle school and high school level, it's only about 30% of teens who are drinking. But whenever I do presentations to students, they say, oh, well, I think 90% of, of my peers are drinking. So human nature is just we want to do something that everybody else is doing. We want to fit in. So whenever you point out to students, you don't have to drink to fit in, that actually goes a long way to deterring them from drinking. So we work with students to develop posters and PSAs just to get the word out to their peers that not everybody's drinking and you don't have to do it to fit in. Okay, we spent most of the show as well we should be doing talking about um, the coalitions under the uh, auspices of Next Step Community Solutions. That is our guest agency this morning, and visiting with us is Rebecca Smith, who is the coalition coordinator for the Piney Woods Substance Abuse Coalition, one of three coalitions under those auspices of Next Step Community Solutions. Um, and now it's time to let people know what to do if they want to be more involved with this. Basically, uh, volunteering with Next Step Community Solutions pretty much means joining a coalition. and. As we said earlier, anybody can do it. Do they just need to show up for a meeting, give you a call, check that website for the planning meeting times? And uh, uh, is there any kind of training or anything like that that's going to be involved? No, I mean, any of the training um, we cover in those monthly meetings, I do some education about, you know, what are risk factors related to substance abuse and, and what are what's the data about how prevalent those are in our communities. But I mean, it really just takes someone who cares about the issue and is willing to spread the word and is willing to leverage their relationships. Um, we're working on a, a campaign right now where we partner with churches just to promote the prescription drug drop boxes. So someone can just approach their church leader and say, hey, could we put this in the bulletin? Mm -hmm. Just really simple things like that. Uh, okay. And if you want to know where a uh, coalition meeting is being held in your community, best thing to do, I would imagine, would be to... Call 903-939-9010, go to that website, nextstepcommunitysolutions.com, and or be sure to check the Facebook page and the um, Twitter feed and see what's on there. Just real easy to find out how you can be personally involved and be involved right there in your own community. I want to talk a little bit about a couple of other things you do. We don't have a whole lot of time left in the show, so we'll go over these briefly, but there is something called comprehensive counseling and um, just a little bit about how comprehensive counseling works. Right. So we partner with schools and juvenile probation offices, and we uh, provide them with a counselor on their campus. So that uh, gets rid of a lot of barriers that some a student might have to seeing a counselor. There, schools often have counselors, but they're so overburdened with academics mm -hmm. um, that a lot of times they can't really get to the behavioral health issues that students need to talk about. So we provide those counselors um, at a much lower cost than they would be able to hire on their own. Um, and we've seen remarkable results. Schools just um, 
are amazed how whenever you talk to these kids about their issues, you see less behavior problems in classrooms. Um, and same goes for the juvenile probation offices. And it, I think the stat is about one in four students uh, need mental health services. So it's, it's a big need and it's something that um, we've been partnering with more and more schools to, to address. Mm -hmm. And then youth mental health first aid under the auspices of the Youth Mental Health First Aid USA. This is an eight-hour public education program that you've pretty much bought into. Maybe just a little bit about how that works. Yeah, so we have a grant to do that in Smith County. And um, the way that works is it's, it's I liken it to CPR. Um, so it's CPR for youth who are having mental health issues. So we train teachers and people who work around youth, um, maybe some parents who spend a lot of time hanging out with um, their kids' friends, just so that they can notice mental health issues. You know, if, if someone um, is showing signs of uh, suicidality or, or eating disorders, how to talk to that kid about that and how to refer them to the appropriate help if they need more help. Okay, so you're covering a lot of ground. 13 counties in East Texas out of your office in Tyler in the Austin Bank Building at 305 South Broadway. A lot of different things that I think we've pretty much covered all of them in one degree or another on the show this morning. If you want to find out more, again, that website, nextstepcommunitysolutions.com. Be sure to check the Facebook and Twitter on there, and then 903-939-9010 is the phone number. We've talked about volunteering, which again, basically involves getting involved with one of these coalitions, if you're so inclined. And you've talked about being grant funded, but you do very eagerly and happily accept donations. And checking your website, there is a donation link on there or a donation button. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can also drop a check in the mail. Yes, that we're, we're a nonprofit. So we, we take those donations if people are so inclined to make them. Okay, uh, about a minute left to go in the show. What lies ahead? Just more of the same and just accelerating and continuing to stay on top of the problems as they evolve, and they do evolve in they, each community. They do evolve, and, and we're looking to expand. So if there's anybody who, you know, they think, well, this needs to come to my school and, and they cover my area, absolutely just give us a call, and, and we'll work with schools and law enforcement and, and community organizations that serve youth, and really just um, there's lots of different ways we can work together. Mm -hmm. And are continuing to work together. I'm not sure how you get it all done, but um, you got a smile on your face this morning, and you've been very informative, so I do appreciate that. been talking to Rebecca Smith of Next Step Community Solutions, dealing with youth substance abuse in East Texas. And Rebecca, we're out of time, but thanks very much for coming in and sharing with us today. Very useful information. Thank you so much. You bet. Rebecca Smith with Next Step Community Solutions, our guest this morning. I'm John Sims. As always, thank you for joining us, and we will see you again next week on In Focus. The Friendly Class on KTBB is brought to you by Marvin United Methodist Church in downtown Tyler.